little bit. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. I'm Adam. I'm the lead communicator here. I'm excited that you're here with us today um, here at DHC as we wrap up this series called Reflections, the Story of Jesus. That's right. It is our fourth week. I don't know how your week was, but I hope it was a little bit better than my week because I backed into a mail truck. Um, it's not a joke, right? It, it, it was so funny. On Friday night, I was going to pick up my buddy, John, the guy who makes the bad coffee downstairs that you probably got on your way in. But anyway, I pulled into his driveway to go pick him up. We were going to an event and all of a sudden, like I backed up and there was this mail truck there. And I said to him, I go, now I just pulled in here. There's no way that that truck was here and I missed it on the way in. Sure enough, he pulled the security camera right after he got in the car. This mail truck came up and I Packed right into it, broke my tail light. Anyway, hope your week went better than mine. There you go. We are so excited, though, to be wrapping up Right Reflections, the story of Jesus. And what we've been doing during this entire message series is we've actually been studying one particular book in the scripture, one particular book in the Bible. And that book that we've been in for now three weeks, about to be our fourth week, is the book of John. So theologians and historians kind of know that John is or was said to be the very best friend of Jesus. And so as we've been taking a look at John's book in the scripture, we've been looking at some very clear answers about Jesus as, as we've been discovering this story of actually who Jesus is. And John is the fourth book that we call a gospel, right? There are four of those books called gospels. And we think it's so important because those gospels, those books that exist in the ancient text, those books are actually, those books are the first hand accounts of the life of Jesus. In fact, we believe that these four books are so important because kind of from birth to death and then resurrection, these four books kind of encompass and tell the story of the life of Jesus. But we've been in the gospel of John for the last number of weeks. And one of the things that we've been doing in this series called Reflections is we've been asking questions because we believe that Related to Jesus, there's some pretty poignant questions that we can kind of ask. And what we've been doing is we've been trying to find out some answers to these questions. So I'm just going to take us down memory lane, especially if maybe you haven't been here for the entire series. What questions did they ask, you might be thinking? Well, first and foremost, we asked this question, who is he? We asked, hey, who is he? We think we know him, but do we really? We, at the end of the day, do we actually know who Jesus is from the beginning to the end of time? Who is he? And then we asked this question on week two, why did he come to earth? Why did Jesus come to earth? If he was so powerful and God, why did he have to come to earth? And we answered that question. And then last week, John spoke and he actually did a phenomenal job. In fact, I was starting to check the one ads in the Sun Sentinel after the message on Sunday. He did a great job, bang up job, right? But John answered this question, how did he live? What was that like? What was his life like? What did he come to this earth to change as he lived? And the answers to those questions are pretty simple, at least from our mind, even though they're so complex and so deep, right? The first answer to the question is, who is he? He's God. He was with God from the beginning, and he will be with God in the end. He is part of this thing called the Holy Trinity. He is God. And by the way, you can catch up on any one of these messages online. If you're like, that one sounds interesting. I want to catch up our website, soflowchurch.com. He is God. Why did he come to earth, right? He came to earth to show us God. He came to earth to show us God. And that's so important for us to understand. He came to earth to show us God, not only just to walk and live and breathe amongst us, but to show us the true character of God. And then how did he live? He lived a life filled with truth 
and grace. Always expressing truth, always being blunt enough, but always understanding that it needed to come with grace. That's how he lived. And this week's question, I just believe, is the most important one that we'll ask. This week's question verifies all the other questions. Because if this week's question we don't answer, then we'll never be able to understand the severity of how important these answers are. And this week's going to be deep, and it's going to be personal. And I just want you to know to kind of buckle up, because it's going to be a really, really fun time together. But I think the question that we need to raise as we end this series is if he was all-powerful, and he was all-massive, and he was with God since the beginning and will be with God at the end, then why this? Why did he have to die? If he was simply so powerful, and he was God himself, why in the world did he have to come to the earth in human form? But not only why did he come in human form, because we already answered that question to show us the true character of God. But if he had to come to earth, then why did he, the savior of the universe, God himself, why then did he have to suffer and die? Couldn't he simply have lived forever? Couldn't he simply just have come to this earth and ruled on a throne? Couldn't he just simply have lived forever? And that's the question that we're going to answer today. But the cool thing about today's message and the cool thing about what happened during our first service and what's going to happen now is that we are not the first people to ask this question. In fact, his disciples, the people who were closest to him, his followers wanted to know the same exact thing. Why, Jesus, why are you telling us you have to go and die and come back? You could just perform these miracles forever and just reign, right? You could do that. Why then does this have to happen? What I love about it is that we're not the first people to ask this question. And he gave some pretty blunt answers to his disciples. So, if you have a scripture and you want to open it, go ahead. Um, you can open it to the book of John, or if you're following along on your phone or any mobile device, you can get that app out. We're going to be in John chapter 14 today. If you don't, that's totally fine. We always have all of our scriptures on our screens. So in John chapter 14, verse 1, it starts to say this, and here's what it said. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. This is Jesus talking. Trust in God and also in me. There's far, there is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. John chapter 14. Crystal clear to me, right? Crystal clear to all of you. Jesus always did that, didn't he? He always used these words that we probably are not necessarily meant to understand. And let me summarize what I think he's saying here. Because as I read it, I just was racking my brain and racking my brain. And I just feel like at the end of the day, what he's saying is kind of this. This is the summary. Guys, you can't understand what I understand. In fact, there are things that are going to happen and things related to your life and my life that I know that you want answers to and that you are trying to figure out. But gang, things like this, you are never going to understand. And so the text goes on and it says, no, 
We don't know, Lord, right? This is Thomas, somebody who had been with him for a number of years, right? Three years or so by his side, watching him perform miracles. He goes, no, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus said, guys, guys, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. To believe in me is the only way that you're going to get to the Father. That's it, right? He goes on, if you had really known me, you would, really, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And then basically flips it again. Because I believe at this stage, here's what he's saying to these guys, this group of guys who he's talking to. He's going, guys, right? You're looking at God. You're looking at God straight in the face and you still don't get it. You're looking at God straight in the face and you don't understand this. I'm trying to help you understand. You might not ever get it, but I'm trying to help you understand. You're looking at God straight in the face and you still don't get it. And another one of his disciples chimes in as it continues to go on and said, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Now, can you imagine Jesus at this point? Some of these guys have been with him for a long, long time. I can only imagine his reaction is just, Ugh. like, guys, are you ever going to get it, right? After all this time, after all that you've seen me do, the miracles that you've seen me perform, I've turned water into wine. I've fed 5,000 people right in front of you. After all this time, you still don't get it? I've said this before, but I kind of think it applies here. It's kind of like Tom Hanks in A League of Their Own when that girl can't hit the cutoff, man. You know, he's just, he can't, he's going nuts because he's going, don't you get this, right? And Jesus goes on. And he again corrects and again corrects and again tries to explain and understand. But this is all leading to the answer to the question, why did he have to die? Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip? And yet you still don't know who I am? Philip, don't you get who I am? You're looking at God straight in the face. Are you, why can't you get this? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Confirming what John wrote in chapter 1. In the beginning, Jesus was with God. He was God and he'll be there in the end. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work You've seen me do. Guys, guys, guys. Don't believe. Okay, if you don't even believe what I'm telling you, at least believe me because of the work you've seen me do. Guys, get this. You've been with me since the beginning of time. You understand this, right? Believe because of what you've seen me do. But here's the truth. Here's the fact of the matter. But they still didn't believe. They didn't understand they didn't like the fact that Jesus told them he was having to go and die to prove that he was who he said that he was. But they still, after everything they had seen and everything they had heard and everything they had experienced alongside of Jesus, they still didn't believe. And Jesus has got to be going at this point, really? Really? 
How could this be? How, after all that I've done and everything you've seen me do, how could this be and you guys not believe yet? And gang, imagine us here some thousand, two thousand some odd years later. And these guys, it's hard for us to even get all this or even try to get it all. But these guys walked alongside him. They saw it happen. They touched it, right? They were there and they still questioned. They still doubted. They still didn't believe. And then the gospel of John goes on. The book of John that we've been in the entire four weeks, this entire month, right? And John outlines some of the events that happen next. And sure enough, just as Jesus has predicted, just as Jesus has told them it's going to happen, things begin to unfold. Things begin to happen exactly as he says it's going to happen. In fact, in the book of John, it then details, it talks about one of his best friends, one of Jesus' best friends, denying knowing him. That guy's name was Peter, one of his closest disciples. John kind of details that, that there is actually this person who is Jesus' friend who denies knowing him three times. And then sure enough, just as Jesus predicted, he was put on trial. And then John in his gospel recounts the trial of Jesus. He recounts exactly what's going on there, recaps it, talks about what, it ha- what, what, what was going on and what Jesus said was going to happen. And then in that trial... He was sentenced to something, death, and then they killed him. And they put Jesus, just as he said, on a cross, on a hillside, outside the city of Jerusalem, with the most brutal form of death that could have ever occurred in the form of crucifixion. And on that hillside, outside of that city, he died. And then... Sure enough, and maybe it's your first time in church in a long time, or maybe you've never been a part of a local church, or maybe you've been a part of a local church your entire life. I don't know where you're at on that journey, but more than likely, you've probably heard of what is going to come next, even if you've never been in church before. Because in the book of John, chapter 20, still in John, it says this, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene, another right? Person who's in these events that we'll talk about at a later date. But Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance because after Jesus died, they took his body and they put it in a tomb and rolled a big stone in front of it so that nobody could get to it. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved. And she said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put them, put him But we all know, even if we've never been a part of a church, we probably have heard of the next thing. Probably if you have been a part of a church, you've heard this on Easter at some point, on an Easter service. Because Jesus was no longer in the grave, but somebody hadn't removed his body. No. We know that Jesus had risen from the grave. We know that Jesus was no longer in there, that death could not hold him down, proving Don't miss this. This is so key. Proving that he was the Messiah. Proving that he was exactly who he claimed to be and who he said that he was. Why did he have to die? I'll tell you this because I'm going to put a couple of things on the screen next. Why did he have to die? Because if he didn't go and die and conquer death then everything that he said meant nothing. 
Those first three questions that we answered meant nothing. He had to prove that he was the Messiah before any of this would matter. That's why the disciples needed this. They needed to see this. They needed to experience this. Because even his closest followers, those who were with him for three years, they questioned. They doubted. They debated. Why did he have to die? Because if he didn't, he was a hoax. If he didn't die and come back, as it said in prophecies, and it said, he said that he would, then he's a hoax. Because if he didn't, he couldn't prove he was indeed God. He couldn't prove that. And because if he didn't, everything he lived for was just good advice. Everything he lived for was just good advice. Now, I'm going to go a little personal with you here today because I think that's important to do sometimes. We, what we do, what we need to do, is understand exactly what he's talking about. And then, should we so choose in our life, make a decision to follow after him, to follow after Jesus. And you know what? A lot of times we've been told that that's a prayer or a moment where you come forward in a room. That is just simply a decision. That is up to you of how you do that. But I will firmly tell you this, right? When I was a very young kid, I made the decision to follow after Jesus. I made the decision to invite him into my life because I believed that he was who he said that he was. And it has been the very best decision that I've ever made in my entire life. Jesus has infiltrated my life and heart. And I've pivoted my life, even at a young age, when, in ways that I didn't even understand. I chose to follow after him. And gang, I'll be the first person to tell you, I don't have it all figured out. My life is far from perfect. Those of you who know me know that there are moments that I'm a mess and I know that you're probably a mess too somewhere in this room. All of us are in this together. But I will tell you this, at the end of the day, I know that I have been forgiven by a massive God and it's all rooted in one thing. It's rooted in love. And so I'm just telling you this, if you have never made the decision to do that, let today be your day. Let your heart be turned toward God. Let your heart follow after him as you begin to understand exactly what he was trying to tell his disciples. Guys, you're not going to get all this. I understand it, but I need you to know that I'm going. And I'm going to go prepare a place for those who've said yes to me. And I believe this. I really believe this with all my heart. Here's something you need to know, right? I really believe that when you choose to follow after Jesus, I truly believe this. Don't miss this. It's so key. I truly believe that when you choose to follow after Jesus, your life will not be perfect, but you will be better at life. And your life will be better every step of the way. And in my mind, here's the reason that I signed up for this. And I've had this practically explained to me as an adult, and I love this. There is nobody in human history, nobody, who has been able to predict their own death and resurrection, except him. So you want to know what I said? I'm with him. If someone can predict their own death and then conquer the grave, I'm with him. I don't know of anybody else except for a couple of people on I-95 South, I'm sure, who, who like, you know, cheated death. Kidding. But Jesus... He, people watched him die. This is a firsthand account of this man's life who is God. And he rose from the grave. People saw him. I'm with him. 
So what's the practical? Because every single week here at Downtown Harbor Church, we put this word on the screen and we say to each other, okay, what's the practical this week? What's the practical for us today? This week, it's very simple. And you may even have heard this around here before. And I can guarantee you very few things in life, but I'll guarantee you this. You are going to hear it again. The practical for this week's message is very simply, say yes. Now, some of you have done this. And you're going, I'm in a great place in life, and I'm good, and this is a repeat message for me. Fantastic. Some of you need to just say yes again to Jesus because you're in a really, really bad place. Some of you are broken. Some of you, life is just beat up, and it's been really hard, and you cannot wait to say goodbye to 2017 for a fresh start. And maybe for you, it's just one of those moments where you need to go, I don't know why I need to hit the reset button, but I do. So I'm going to say yes all over again. And then some of you, you've never said yes. Because you wonder, is this real? Is this true? Is this even something that I should say yes to? Isn't this nuts? Somebody talking about dying and come back, coming back? Yeah, it's pretty nuts. But if you don't want to believe it, because Jesus said to believe it, believe it because of what I'm about to tell you. So don't miss it. Stay with me. Just believe it because there's someone sitting in front of you whose life has been changed because of what Jesus has done in my life. I don't have it all figured out. And life is hard sometimes. Life will eat you up and spit you out, but I am a changed person because of a mighty God, an everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, who has really just said, hey, believe in me. I'm going to prove to you everything you need. Watch me perform miracles, and then I'm going to go die and come back. And then he did, and he goes, and then you know what you do after that? After you say yes to me, go love other people. It's all rooted in love. Say yes. And I don't know where you're at this week, but I will just tell you this. It is the absolute very best decision that I've ever made in the history of my entire life. This is what I believe. Jesus died to prove to the world that he was God. That's why he died. Because if he didn't beat death, then it's just a little bit more good advice then it's just another day. Then it's just another guy with another how-to self-help book. Jesus is bigger than that. Jesus died to prove to the world that he was God. Let it change your life. If you let that happen in your life, I guarantee you, your life will be different. And your life will be better. And you will be better at life doesn't mean everything's going to work out for you. For the love of everything holy, I sit across from people every single week and I go, I don't even know how you're making it. Life has given you so much. I will tell you this though. With Jesus by our side, with Jesus in the center of our life, it just makes it a little bit easier day in and day out. Let me pray. Father, I just pray that you would fill this space right now and that anybody who's in this room, who just needs to, for the first time, say yes, that it would be their moment right now. 
that we would say, Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and life. I believe that you are who you say that you are. I believe that you are the risen Messiah. And God, I know that you're hearing and answering that prayer. Lord, as we continue to try to figure you out and to figure out life and to figure out eternity and heaven in this universe, which we're never going to understand everything, I just ask that you would be present. I ask that you would hold us just in your hand so that we would seek after you and understand that life is never going to be perfect, but it just gets a little bit easier day by day, week by week. And God will be so quick to give you all the glory. We love you. We thank you. Jesus, thank you for dying so that we could live. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.